following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship, St. Pete, in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Father, we know that we are helpless to, uh, to understand the, your word without the help of your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you said in John 16 that it's better that I go, that he might come, that he would lead you into all truth and remind you of everything that I have said. And so, Holy Spirit, we're so desperate for you to produce your fruit in us, to grant us eyes to see the understanding of our heart is, uh, is, is dependent on you. And so would you, uh, would you illuminate our, our thoughts and minds? Would you, would you inspire our hearts? Would you, would you ignite our lives to, to, to radical obedience that we wouldn't just listen, that we wouldn't be in a posture of entertainment or, 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 or even just knowledge as we declare that it's not what we know, but who we know. So Lord, we, we're here to know you. And for you to impart to us the knowledge of your will, your word, so that we, like Mary, can celebrate your faithfulness, can see, have a glimpse into your providence, and know that you are faithful to accomplish everything that your word sets forth to do. And we know that you are good, and you are kind and generous and faithful. Lord, help us, help us, please, as we see with these two wonderful godly women Help us to humble ourselves, knowing that these are the men and women that you use to do your glorious work. We love you, Father. Please use this frail instrument. Use the, please use me, that I'd be forgotten, you'd be remembered, that, that, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight, Lord, for you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, um, I think sometimes... We treat scripture like a story. And I think it's more a historical narrative. God's love letter, his demonstration of his providence, his faithfulness, his love. And we have to remember in that 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 these are people that had feelings and struggles and doubts. That that these are people that had emotion. And, uh, and they were real. I love in, in James, it tells us in chapter five that, that Elijah was a man just like us, right? Just like us. You know, he prayed and, and asked the Lord that it wouldn't rain for three and a half years. And it's, but, but these are people that, uh, that, that are asked by God. And on one side of that, I think sometimes we end up putting them on a, on a pedestal and we think, you know, they're amazing. I could never be like them. Or we see things that they do and they're like, can't believe they did that. I would never be like them, you know. But the truth is these are people like you and I that, that God has a desire to, to work in. And one of the things that as I looked at these two marvelous ladies that God used in such glorious ways to deliver his kingdom to us, to birth his life and his ministry and his love into our hearts, like as I looked at the, the similarities, the thing that stands, stands out is humility. It's, and then you start looking at all the, the men and women over the... I mean, who was, who was Esther before she was queen? Who was Gideon uh, before he was mighty warrior? You know, who was Abraham of the Chaldeans in the land of Ur before he was Father Abraham? 
You know, these were folks that in some cases were childless. These were like Gideon who hid in a wine press as a farmer threshing his wheat, afraid. And, uh, and, and heaven comes to those that are helpless, hungry, and humble. And I believe that we see that in this story. I think we see this in Mary's Magnificent. By the way, the reason it's called her Magnificent because it was written originally in Latin and the first word was Magnificent. But we translate that Magnificent. So today, today our message is called Mary's Magnificent God because that's really the hero of the story, isn't it? I mean, we're so quick to want to, 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 to make the hero the, the individuals, but the, the individuals are declaring that he is good. He has done great things for me. He is marvelous. He's the one that I worship. He is miraculous and, and, and awesome. Mary says in that first verse, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Like, that is awesome. I mean, right from the start, the very first thing that Mary's thankful for is her own salvation. Yet she is going to be the one that God births Messiah, Savior himself. And so the one, the one that you deliver will one day deliver you. What an awesome thought. And you got to imagine that Mary's taking all of this in. So on the precipice of this text this morning, we remember that Mary had an angelic visit from Gabriel the same angel that came to Zechariah and told him that he would have this glorious child that would be a delight and joy to him and would be great and do marvelous things, that he would be the long-awaited prophet to point to the Messiah. And now Mary's been told from that same angel that the Lord favors her. You who are highly favored, O favored one, maybe your text says, and then what does the text say? I believe, um, I don't know, I think it's 41. I'm not sure. But it says this, you who are highly favored, help me, the Lord is with you. Do you think that meant anything to, to Mary after she walked away from her angelic announcement in, uh, in this journey that we see in the front side of this text where she's going to travel 55 to 70 miles from Nazareth, maybe through Jerusalem, I mean, Samaria, maybe not. Um, but she would then end up in the hill country of Judea, and she would travel this arduous path, possibly, definitely on foot, possibly alone. But she wasn't, was she? Because she was told, and I love that Elizabeth like, is able to articulate her heart with the power and the understanding and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, she says, blessed is she who believed what the angel had said to her. And so she believed that God was with her. And don't, don't we have the same promise if we're in Christ? Didn't Jesus say to his disciples and those that would be disciples of his disciples and us, didn't he say, I will be with you to the very end of the age? And doesn't the promises that God has made to Israel, don't those promises now take residence in our life because, because we have Jesus? Because this is what Paul says, that every promise that God has made to Abraham and to the descendants of Abraham, as Mary alludes to, every promise is made yes in Jesus. Is made, some translation says, amen. Let it be done. 
Like, I, I love that, that, that because we're in Christ, now all the promises, we're grafted in, we're wild shoots, but we're grafted into the true vine. Now the promises of Jesus are now ours, and that one of the, the main promises that continues to be rehearsed and echoed into the New Testament is this, that I will never, and the Hebrew doesn't have, doesn't have adjectives, so it says it this way, I will never, never, never leave you or forsake you. That's an awesome promise. And I believe Mary moves beyond this moment with haste from Nazareth to the hill country of Judea with the assurance that, that she is favored by God and that, she, and that God is with her. God is with her. And if, if, if he is for us, who can be against us, right? Like if he is with us, you know, and if he's, I love this promise. If he's given us his son when we were in rebellion, when we were yet sinners, when we were in a posture of rejection, if he's given us his son, where's he going to hold out on us now that we're in Christ? So as we, as we get into this text, listen, this is just some of the thoughts that I had as an, as an introduction to this. Mary heard God's word and believed and because mary believed the word of god she experienced the power of god don't miss that that's our big idea this morning it'll come back again to us mary heard the word of god and believed and because mary believed the word of god she experienced the power of god in the holy spirit it's not any different than when we when we believe the word of god that jesus came died for, for in, in place of uh, our sinful debt and for a sinner's sake. And he, not, he didn't remain dead, but he laid down his life and he took it up again and he was raised. And because he's died for our sins, we are liberated from our sin debt. We are reconciled to our Father. We now have peace with God, as we talked about today. There's been a restorative work. The wall has been, has been the, the hearts have been healed, right? Because of what Jesus did but here's the thing we we need to hear the word of god faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of christ we need to hear the god the word of god and then we need to believe the word of god because mary believed the word of god she experienced the power of god and we will too god will seal us with his spirit and we are powerless to to see anything that god asks us to do powerless we've seen the nation of israel fail all it does is bring about how sinful we are when we endeavor to try to walk out the promises and the and the and the principles and precepts of god's word but with the power of god within us we're more than conquerors with the power of his spirit in us we are able to to walk in his word we're we're and 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 then we have this this glorious gift that we are now sealed in the righteousness of Christ. We're sealed in the holiness of Christ. That this is, we're deemed saints. But all of that is a, is a byproduct. It's a gift. It's a grace that's given to those who believe God's word. And then what did Mary do? She walked in it. She believed it in her heart. The, the Holy Spirit declares that through Elizabeth here. And she walks in that, probably having some in, indication, as the video alludes to, some indication of the, of the consequences, of the, 
of the of the results of this on a pledged woman to a man where her her purity is being established in a year and here she's going to come back and we'll see in future weeks she's going to be found with child she doesn't disclose this so the opening verse says this well let me finish this this statement here may Mary heard God's word and believed. And because Mary believed the word of God, she experienced the power of God. She was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and now sought to share in the joy and understanding of Elizabeth. So here's my point right from the start. Right away, it's interesting. She believes God's word. She receives God's power. And then she seeks God's people. Isn't that interesting? Because it's it's very similar to us. Like, like we, 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 once we believe, uh, it's not by works, it's not by effort, it's not by our merit, it's simply by the, the unmerited favor, the grace of God that he seals us by his spirit as, as we believe his good promises and his faithful work in Christ. And then the spirit kind of draws us into community with one another because that's where affirmation, encouragement, confirmation, as we see in this text, happens is we need to be around the body of Christ. We, that's where God speaks to us through his word and by his spirit as we interact with one another. And so Mary quickly, with haste, it says, moves as the angel has made her aware that nothing is impossible with God. Your relative Elizabeth is, is, is six months pregnant at this stage in the game. The one who was said to, to never have a child, she's with child. Because this is what God can do. And so... Man, let me just pause here. I want to live in a place where I'm keenly aware of what God can do and I'm also aware of what I can't do. And so that I would lean in on him and be aware and, and, and believe him for his promises. Not the things that I want or the things that I, I want to see realized, but, but what God, God has promised to do, that I'd stand in those things. You know, Mary moves forward with total confidence, but I love that she believed. She heard God's word. She believed God's word. And then she's, she moves in obedience. It's not like, it's not static. It's not, she doesn't sit. She moves in obedience here and she and she goes to Elizabeth and seeks community with someone you know and, and, and it's interesting in the text we'll get to this in a minute she knows Elizabeth she's not a I mean do you have relatives you don't really know right but she she knows she Elizabeth has a reputation she Elizabeth is a descendant of Aaron and she's a priest's wife I mean this woman, you can tell she's, she's rich in the word. She understands his, his will, his, his, but, but there's something else that we, 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 we get when we read back a little bit. Once she was told that, once she realized that she was pregnant, do you remember what Elizabeth did? It says she went into hiding. For how long? Five months. That's a long time. Now, many have concluded that she was protecting the, the baby at her, at her age. I don't think so. I think she was, she was going to her hiding place. She was, this was a, this was a, I believe she was pursuing God in gratitude because that's what we hear in the text. Oh, that he has removed my disgrace. I believe she is worshiping. But irrelevant of that, I, 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 I really believe that she seeks the Lord out in some quiet time. 
and it's significant quiet time. It's not like it's five months, right? She's in seclusion for five months in worship. But here's why I bring that up now, because we see in this text that Mary, I mean, Elizabeth, when Mary shows up with her Savior, her Lord in her womb, Elizabeth becomes the instrument of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that the catalyst in that, just what we are meant to learn and glean from that is, one, she was a woman that declared her, her humility, right? She was a woman of the word, but she was a woman that sought the Lord in a hiding place. And she was prepared to be this glorious instrument through her relationship with God's word and, and his, her relationship with him through prayer. So she, it goes on, I go on to say, joy stands out in this passage with three people. And these, this is just you know big picture observation is that three people are really, you see joy in. You see joy in Elizabeth. You see joy in John the Baptist before he's even born which is exactly what Gabriel said, that he'd be filled with the Spirit even from birth. Another translation says in the womb, right? And then we see the joy in Mary despite the fact that her life has been turned upside down. And so three times, three individuals we see responding in joy here. And the catalyst, it says through the Holy Spirit. And and, and what did it lead to? It led to worship. It led to worship. So when God's word is heard, when God's word is obeyed, when God's word is believed, when we take, when we do that like individually and then enter into community, community collectively, what happens is the Holy Spirit in us ignites into worship and song. I believe we see that here, that as they come together, joy is, is a, is a defining factor. Worship is a defining factor as, as those that have been indwelt with the Holy Spirit, interacted with God's word, have been captured by his faithfulness, have spent time with him in in the hiding place, we see that these are ingredients for that leads to a song in our hearts. A song in our hearts and worship. So let's look at the text and break it down. It says in those days, uh, the the Amplified says, at that time, we we really see a sense of immediacy here on Mary's part, we know that uh, in, in first modern day or, or first century Judaism that she would have been under the authority at this point. She would have been considered a wife even though she was pledged or in the engagement process. So she would have sought the, the, uh, the authority of her father and her, and her soon-to-be husband. And, uh, but she makes, she makes this move quickly and moves with haste and heads out, it says, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. As I mentioned, this is 55 to 70 miles by foot. This is treacherous territory. Um, Roman soldiers, all these things. She would possibly have done this in a caravan if that was, uh, you know, if God had provided that. But she would have had time to really, it, it had taken about three days. That's that's what the average person traveling this distance, which, which, is, which was a very common itinerary, it would have taken about three days. Now, do you think that she was contemplating? What do you think she was thinking about? Do you think she was completely captured by what the angel had said to her and really thinking through all those details and maybe even the implications? Do you think that some of these things started to settle in that if I'm pregnant and it's during this time, 
How's that going to go? Do you think that those things would have created some feelings, possibly some anxiety? And and I, I love that that God leads her to someone that's going to be used of the Holy Spirit to encourage, to affirm, and to confirm God's work in her life. And so verse 40, 40 goes on to say, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Okay, so I, I grew up in the Bahamas. Many of you know that. My, my wife grew up in a very much smaller context in the Bahamas, an island that's a mile and a half by half mile, 1,500 people. And, um, it, it, and when I initially lived in Spanish Wells, it was kind of an unnerv- unnerving thing that nobody knocks in Spanish Wells. Okay? It's one of those things where, you know, everybody just walks in and then they greet you. Right? It's like, it's like there's no knocking. They don't even call sometimes. It's just like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, so, so be dressed all the time, right? So like, but, but what is that a sign of, right? What is that? If, I mean, do you have people in your life? I mean, I have people here in my life, um, Ray and Mary being one of them, like, like, just, just come in. Like, you know, just the door's open, right? But what is that, what is that an indicator of when you have someone that, that, that you have that mentality with or that, that comfortability with, what, is that a, what does that denote? Intimacy. What else? Trust. What, what did you say, Chris? Intimacy. Right? There, there's, there, there, there's a relationship here that's, that's going on. So, you know, I've never seen this before. This, I love studying God's Word. It just gets deeper and deeper and richer and richer. And in verse 40 it says, She... It doesn't say she greeted Elizabeth and then entered the house. It says she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And that, that resonates with everything that we know about this relationship or, or has been spoken of this relationship. This was a relationship that was challenged by proximity but was rich in intimacy. There was a, there was a sense, if anyone can understand me right here, Elizabeth will. This is a woman of the word. This is a this is a, a wife of a priest. This is a descendant of Aaron. This is a mature woman, well advanced in age. And if this woman has experienced, as the angel has said, and, and and I don't think for Mary it was an if, based on what Elizabeth says. And so because this woman has been become pregnant because of God's faithfulness and promise and miraculous work, if anyone's going to understand this, she will. Does that make sense? And she races to her side. She bursts through the door. And she says, Elizabeth, that's it, Elizabeth, verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. Verse 44 said, with, this is the testimony of Elizabeth, leapt with what? Joy, with joy. So, so let me just ask a few questions here. Does that mean that a baby can hear at six months? Does that mean that, mean that maybe possibly that babies have feelings? in the womb, that, that babies uh, have emotion, that they're actually people when they're in the womb, that they're conceived in God's spirit and God's will by God's, that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's the conviction of this church, that that's a, that's a life and that life has, has meaning and purpose. God has, he had, he had ordained that life to be the forerunner, the one that would point to Jesus. And, and that baby the mother in her maternal instincts was able to to even diagnose the emotion of joy. Do you think in six months that, that there had been any leaping in the womb? Sure, 
This was different. This was different. And many theologians believe, many that I've read, it's probably my conviction as well, is that this is when the angels promised to Zechariah that he would be filled with the Spirit. He'd be filled with the Spirit. And, and guys, because when God blesses like us, it overflows. We see it in other occasions in the Scripture. It, it overthrows with, with prophecy, right, in this case. And, and we see it throughout the Old Testament. And this is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is not the work of the cross. This is not the sealing of the Holy Spirit. But this is what we see throughout the Old, old, the old Testament. David, we see countless men and women that, that the Spirit was, you know, came upon them or filled them and they prophesied. And God would use this. And this is, this is clearly an act of God in these moments. But he looks to and fro, doesn't he? Right? For someone, anyone that is fully, fully committed to him, that he might use them in miraculous ways. So here it says Elizabeth heard. And, and it's interesting. When Elizabeth heard the greeting, the baby leapt. Let's not underestimate what, what God is doing in those wonderful times of conception and and uh, and cultivating that child it's precious so we believe that john was many believe that john was filled with the holy spirit at this moment he he was all and, and this is this is something i love in the text okay so so it, this is a unique expression that elizabeth speaks of right and it's interesting what was the mission of john the baptist i mean Several prophets speak of it. Malachi really speaks of it at the end of his, right at the very end of his, uh, of his, uh, his letter or his, his testimony, his, his prophetic declaration, you know, that, that, that this one like Elijah will come, right? And he will turn the father's hearts back to their kids. And, but he's going to point, he's going to make a way, you know, for the Messiah. And guys, you know what I love that the Lord showed me in this? Is even in, in the womb, John's pointing to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Like, I mean, he's, he's in the womb. I mean, the two covenants collide here, right? The old covenant, you know, the priest, the Aaron, the descendants, the Levites, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth, and here comes Mary. Now, she is, she is in, she's got the new covenant inside of her. She's, she's pregnant with, uh, with God's promise, right? And, uh, and here, the two covenants collide, and exactly what the prophet says will happen. And before he's even out of the womb, he's pointing to Jesus. Isn't that sweet? Right? That, that's, that's, I mean, like, that should be the, the example. Like, John the Baptist is the example of what every spirit-filled believer should be doing is pointing to Jesus. Just and 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 that should erupt in a sense of of joy and celebration at who he is and what he does. But I love that he was already pointing to Jesus, and it goes on to say, and Elizabeth was filled, or the the the, uh, the amplified says, or controlled by, filled with, and controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, right? He he came and indwelt her. Right in this moment, as 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 promised, overflowing out of the indwelling spirit that would be in her son, and she pro- proclaims here again, mentioning that these this is two covenants colliding right here. This is the this is the this is the precipice of this miraculous work. The promises, like all the tons of promises that God had made, clear and unclear throughout 
all of the, the, the Israel's history, the promises to Abraham and, and, and going forward that he would, he would rescue and he would redeem and he would ransom and he would send a king that would sit on David's throne whose reign would never end. All of these things are about to be realized. And guys, I want you to think about this for just a moment. Imagine being these two women. And look, one of the things that pains me is that the American church is so incredibly biblically illiterate. I mean, it just pains me. Because when you look at this, this arguably 13 to 15 year old little girl, you listen to her song and it's just filled with the knowledge of God's word. I mean, like she, she knows God's word. She, but more important than that, you can tell by the way that she attests to his attributes, she knows him. She knows him. Like it's, it's this intimate understanding as she knows this. And Elizabeth's no different, if not more profound. She just, and these two women that are knowledgeable of his word and his will as it relates to the pr- prophetic promises. Can you imagine them in this moment? Like, this is Messiah. This is the awaited, like, prophet that's going to make, I don't know what this means, but he's going to make a way. He's going to point the ways. I mean, like, and, and she's come to realize, like, that's my baby. Like Elizabeth has been told through, through John, her, I mean, through Zachariah, her husband, that my baby is this prophet that's, that God's been talking about for centuries, and he's using me. And then, and then Mary shows up, unbeknownst to, to Elizabeth, right? All the things that she becomes aware of in this, in this statements that she makes is all given to her by the omniscient God through the Holy Spirit, right? And she, and, and all of a sudden now she's in this moment, she's aware that, that the, the Isaiah 714 prophecy is being realized by Mary, my relative, right in front of me. Like, like God's, God's holy purpose, God's Messiah is like here. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. That's, that's awe-inspiring. That's like, and then the Holy Spirit kind of just brings clarity and, and, and context to the moment as he just unpacks the gravity of what's going on here through, through his, his wisdom and his word. And, and, and what else can you do but sing? What did, what did, what did Martha do? I mean, what, what did Miriam, the, the, the brother of, uh, of Aaron and Moses, I mean, sister, excuse me, of Aaron and Moses, what did she do on the other side of God parting the Red Sea and making a way where there was no way and delivering her people? It's similar, right? It's a foreshadowing. And guys, this is amazing. Like she gets on the other side of this miraculous work where God separates the waters. They walk on dry ground, watching fish and walls of water on either side. Can you imagine? And then on top of that, they get to the other side and the very thing they fear, which is not bigger than their God, consumes their enemy. And Miriam just bursts into celebration, awe, wonder, and worship. And it's not different for Hannah. Hannah has been given the, the promise that Eli gave her and she's, she has a child. And because she has a child, it echoes the same words almost. It's almost a mirror. It's almost as if Mary was so versed in, in Hannah's like heart and her, her declaration. But Hannah, when she was given a child back in the Old Testament, in the days of Samuel, 
like he, she, she just praises the Lord and is overwhelmed by just the gratitude that God would have mercy on her, a humble servant. So, I mean, I just, I just don't want us to miss the gravity of this moment. Like this is, this is God realizing his promises. This is the covenant coming to fruition. This is God birthing life like himself. God, I mean, Emmanuel, God with us is now in a, in a womb and coming forth in a baby just as it was promised through a virgin. And can you imagine being these girls, these ladies, these men, these women of faith that was just kind of, am I alone here? Like, I mean, seriously, like, this is like, this is phenomenal, like, a moment here. And then it says, and she exclaimed with a loud voice, blessed, right? That's a theme here. We see that over and over again. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed or favored by God are you, not above women, but among women. Mary's never, was never meant to be worshipped. Let's be super clear about that. Never meant to be worshipped. She was meant to be uh, honored. Blessed are you among women, like to be respected for just how God would use her in, in this special way, but, but never to be worshipped. So it says, blessed, favorite of God are you among women, and blessed, I love this, is the fruit of your womb. Like very quickly we would say, oh, well, blessed is Jesus. That's the fruit of your womb. But was Jesus' ministry in mind here as well? Was Jesus, was, was the fruit of his life in mind here? Was the mission that God would accomplish here? Was, was the salvation of the world the fruit that was in the womb here? Do you know what I'm saying? It's so much bigger than just, oh yeah, and blessed is Jesus. Like it's, it's the fruit of this, of this glorious God that came to dwell among us. Emmanuel, love came down. God took up residence in our world, knowing he'd be crucified and die specifically for our sin debt so that he could liberate us from sin, death, and darkness. Like, this is our glorious God, right? This is our glorious God. And so it's saying here, blessed, blessed, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And you want to, I think, again, another understatement. What was the fruit of, what was the fruit of Jesus's life? Do we have a month to talk about this? Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the fruit of Jesus' ministry? And this is the, this is the seed that's in Mary's womb. And let's remember this. He, he, he had no seed of Joseph. He, he had no seed of the fall. He had no seed of humanity. He was still wrapped in flesh, right? We talked about this last week. But, but he had, he had no, there was no sin in him. Right, because he was born this, he was he was a hundred percent man, hundred percent God. He was son of God, son of man. But his father from conception was who? God Himself. Right. So it says, uh, it goes on to say, um, verse forty-three. And why is this honor? Um, the the Amplified adds, granted to me. Okay, so first of all, what does that denote? Why did? I've already talked about like the gravity of this moment, right? And I don't think we can even capture it. But like she, she this is, this is more, I mean, this is Elizabeth's statement, but it's, it's almost understood, right? Like it's, it's understandable that she would say, why me? We see that in the, in, with Mary's declaration in the video, but like, why me? Like, 
wow, like you're going to use me to do. But what does that denote? There's humility here. It's not like she's going, yeah, I thought I might be one of the ones he'd use. You know, I thought I might be the candidate. I mean, come on, look at the look at all the signs here. I'm a I'm a I'm in the line of error. You know, I, no, there. It's like it's this it's this humble heart that we we should we should obviously see that this is a catalyst in what God looks to and fro for in order to to make an impression, to 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 accomplish His purpose, to realize His word, to use. Guys, look, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Do you think this is grace here that God has given to these ladies? Absolutely. And so like he, God wants to administer grace to our life, to use us in significant ways, to accomplish his, his purpose, to realize his word, to be a witness. But man, you can't miss the fact that, that humility is what he looks for. We're even told, we're told over and over again in the New Covenant, the New Testament, that we're called to humble ourselves that pride comes before the fall, right? And so, man, like, we're, you know, so often we see the attributes of God and we're like, man, like, I want to be holy and I want to be righteous and, you know, I want all these glorious attributes of God. But, you know, the humility is one of God's glorious attributes and few of us are going, I want to be humble. But blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit. Receive the kingdom of, I think I'm getting that mixed up, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like God wants this. He, he longs for a heart like his. And trust me, he's humble. So why is this honor granted to me that the mother of my Lord? So do you know that this is, I love this when the Lord showed me this this week in the preparation. Isn't it awesome that Jesus was called Lord before he was even out of the womb? Like, she's the first one to declare him Lord. Like Jesus hasn't even been born yet and he's already been declared Lord. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit, right? And guys, here's the thing. Don't miss this. That that's, that's, That's always how it works. We can't be saved in and of ourselves. It is a work of the Holy Spirit to even declare him Lord. Like it's God's work, God's spirit. We're so desperate for him to be saved. We were talking this morning in Bible study like, look, how many of us would love to fix the hearts of our friends, family, and loved ones? That are that are that have these broken desires and and but we can't. This is only something God can do. He's the one that has to fix a broken heart. And so here the Holy Spirit says, it says she says, granted to me that the mother of my Lord, Jesus declared Lord before he even comes forth. Um, and then I love this. She was the very first one to call him Lord. Elizabeth's the first one to before he's even born to call him Lord. But she says, should come to me. Like that should be our posture, right guys? Like we should constantly, even at this state in the game, we should be like, God, like you, I didn't first love you. You first loved me. I didn't first choose you. You first chose me. Like, like, and there, and what we have to understand, there's no merit in us. It's just, it's just his love. It's just his posture. It's just his, it's just who he is. He just loves. He just, he pursues us. He's the, he's the one that took the initiative in this rescue mission. Man, it's, it, this is an awesome God we serve. We should be so enamored with him that worship is, is, is something that we live. Like, like every day, worship is, song is something that we, we that just burst forth in our life. 
because we're so captured by his love, so captured by the fact, like she says here, you know, why, why me? Why me? Humility. We should, we should be honored as well, right? We should be honored as well. For we were chosen. We were rescued. We're, we're being used if we're indwelt with God's spirit, if we've trusted him as Lord. For behold, verse 44 says, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Leaped for joy. I've already talked about that. Like it's a mother's intuition. This is no, this is different. There's, I'm filled. I, I'm transformed by this moment. Verse 45, it says, and blessed, and this is the theme verse. It's on the front of your lifeline. I wanted you to take it home with you. This is the, the one that captured me the most. And blessed is she who believed. Like this is such an affirmation, confirmation, and encouragement to Mary. She says, and blessed is she who believed. That's the Holy Spirit knowing a heart and then encouraging her with that knowledge. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of promises here of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And so what did, what did Elizabeth do here? She affirmed and encouraged Mary's faith. So guys, here's what I want to say is that when, when we hear God's word and we believe God's word, and I'm not just talking for salvation, but I'm talking in life. Have you ever heard God's word and it was so obscure, like what, you know, and unique, like Mary heard here, that you're just like, wow, that's, that's good. That's so counterculture. That's, that's, that, that's going to turn my world upside down. That's, I've got to forsake this, that, and the other in order to walk in this. Have you ever been given that kind of word that, 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 that now you've got to live differently? You've got to walk differently? I mean, God is, is, is changing your plans. I have. I remember when we church planted. Like, I, I had been offered in the context of the, the, the time frame which God called us to church plant, I had been offered like my dream job to work with a guy that I loved and adored in, in Pomasola Bay down in Bradenton. And I had to go to that search committee that narrowed it down from three of us to one and tell them no, because God's called us to, to plant a church. Well, have you ever planted a church before? No. Do you know how to plant a church? No. All I know is that God's word said this, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful to it. Right? And, and what's incredible is, and I'm using this as an example. This is the example. So, of course, you know, you know, you go down and you decline this opportunity, this job that's very secure, a whole lot more money. Like, this doesn't even have any promises of any of that. Right? And, uh, but, but God's, what, what are we going to live for? What are we going to stand on? What's, what's really secure? What's, what's, will, will, what are you willing to give your life to and for? Right? Like, I mean, what is really going to endure? Is it God's word or is it this worldly paradigm that seems to be as fickle as anything? And, and, and let me, and I'm going to fast forward. The, the story is glorious, but to, to fast forward. And, and who, who's, who's the hero of the story always is him. For Mary, the hero of the story, him. Right? He has done great things. He has done great things. He has done this and he has done that. But let me tell you this. So, uh, a few weeks later, the Lord provides resources, and um, and Sheba and I had a plan, as we do for our anniversary trip every year. Um, we 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 went off to Orlando that year, and it just so happened that year 
right down the street from our hotel that we had already reserved or place we were staying, that there's a church planters conference. Right? And, and the money that was required to do that, well, it was given to me by a humble servant that was on a single parent teacher salary. She didn't have it, but when I rejected it, she says, no, you have to, t- the Lord told me. So I ended up going to this church co- planners conference and I'm going to tell you two quick stories. Um, so we're staying at Leaky Tiki Village and I can tell you the room we were in and this is, guys, this is 2003. Okay, so this is 16 years ago, almost 17. <clears throat> and she was up in the room and I'm like, honey, I'm going to go down to the pool or the hot tub and just have some time of prayer. I just, you know, because what I was wrestling with like, okay, Lord, um, what do you want to name this baby? What, what, what's the name of the church? What's the name of this, this, this church that you're birthing here? And I was just, you know, listening and wrestling. Well, the, 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 the name that was given to me was New Life Fellowship. And so I'm, I go down to the hot tub and I'm sitting in the hot tub and uh, I'm all by myself, which was kind of what I was hoping for. And I'm just kind of, and, and if many of you have seen, um, I have this cross that Sheba had made for me. It's three nails, right? And a chain my mom gave me when I was 17. So um, I'm sitting in the pool. Of course, I don't have a shirt on, so that's exposed. And, and this group of eight people come over, which by the way, I found out later in the Bible, uh, eight means new life. True story. So um, these eight people come over and they circle up in the pool with me, right? And they're just sitting around. And so they all know each other. And so they start to engage with me like, hey, where are you from? What are you doing? So I open up, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, this is what's going on, you know? And they're like, that's awesome. Like, it's, you know, like you don't know what to expect as far as the response. That's awesome. That's amazing. Can we pray for you? Okay, so I've said nothing about the church name. I've just told them like what God has done to, you know, to, to bring about this moment. And so we're standing in a hot tub in the middle of Leaky Tiki Village, circling up with hands and praying. And we're just praying and praying and praying. And they're just asking the Lord's blessing and prayer. We sit down and one of the, I can't remember which one, but they just said, hey, so uh, what's the name of the church? And I said, well, I feel like the Lord's telling me New Life Fellowship. And they all start doing this. Like they all start looking at each other and they're like, um, that's the name of our church up in New Jersey. And I'm like, let us worship. You know, like, good golly, man, this is incredible. So I've, I was in, in the beginning of the church planners conference and I go to uh, it's at the end of the week. And this guy who was just like so like. He was just so vibrant. He was so like, he's one of those people that you just want to be around. Like just, oh, he, he was, uh, he was from, um, he was from Hawaii, had come he didn't have a, uh, an education and the Lord led him to, to church plant. So he went and got a doctorate degree, ended up getting a double doctorate. And here he is at a church planners conference. And so we kind of like connected throughout the week and cause his comment, I mean, like just the stuff he would share and just, I was just kindred spirit and just, so the, the conference is over and we, um, we, we're in the lobby of the hotel and we're sitting there because I don't want to say goodbye to this guy. You ever had that type of experience with a new believer that you meet and it's just like, you know, there's a... And isn't that what we're talking about in this text? When two people are filled with the Holy Spirit, there's like instant affinity and there's, there's, there's a connection. That's why we shouldn't be unequally yoked. Right, because there's this glorious connection, and God does miraculous things, and it's like I've known you all my life, 
right? Because the eternity is in our hearts. And so like, so we're sitting there talking and talking and now it's, you know, it's getting to that point. We got to say goodbye. I hate goodbyes. I'm not good at them. And, um, and, and so I said to him, oh, by the way, like, what's, what's, you know, what's the church that you're planting? Like, I'm still thinking he's going to go to one of the islands, Maui, Big Island, whatever, and plant a church. And, and, he, and he starts to tell me that God had given him a vision, catch this, for the Pacific Basin, for the Pacific Basin to plant churches in the Pacific Basin. And I'm going, yeah, you picked the right guy, God, because that guy, I, I don't doubt that you could do that with this glorious, I mean, because you made him that way, right? And so, um, so I'm like, that's awesome. And before I could say anything, he goes, yeah, New Life Maui, New Life, New Life, New Life. I'm like, what? I'm like, God, are you starting your own denomination? What's going on here, you know? Like, it's, it was just amazing. But that's just the story that the Lord brought to my mind in my own life where, like, listen, when God gives us a word, right? Mary was given a word by, you know, at this point, they're, 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 we have the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit. We, 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 we got a leg up here, man. Like, I mean, like, if, if God gives you a word, can I beg you to stand in it? Can I beg you to, to embrace it and walk? And can I promise you it's going to be hard? Can I promise you that it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be challenging? But I, can I promise you also that it's going to be glorious and fruitful? I wouldn't trade the last 13 years of my life for anything. I'm so glad I didn't end up at Palmasola Bay Baptist. I'm so glad that, that God gave, gave the faith to walk in his will and in his word and that he poured out his spirit to, to encourage and sustain. But here's what I want to make point out in that. Then he sends his people, Elizabeth, right, for Mary, and he confirms and he affirms and he encourages. And he, and he reminds us, as God has done so faithfully, listen, I have, I have quit in the last 13 years at least 100 times. Right? At least. Right? I've just said, when I take inventory of what I can do versus what needs to be done, it ain't happen. But then God in his mercy comes and he often uses an instrument. His Holy Spirit provokes a believer. Or you, Listen, when you get discouraged, don't, don't run. If not to run to him and to the church. Run to community. That's exactly what Mary did. She ran out of Nazareth. She ran to Elizabeth. And then God used that first Holy Spirit indwelled community to, to affirm, to confirm, to encourage. Do you think what Elizabeth said to her in this text, did it, did it help? Did it encourage her any? You know, did it, do you think she ever went back to it at any point? And, 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 and that, guys, I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to the stories and the things that God's done over the, the life of the, the, the church family uh, and, and the mergers and all the things that has just, just been this voice to me. This is, it's, it's my kingdom, my work, my church, and I will build it and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right? Like, do you, do you, and guys, here's another thing we see in the text. When, when you're discouraged, not if, when you, ha, when you feel beaten up and dragged down, and I, I want you to, to take account of God's faithfulness. I want you to look back at God's faithfulness to his promises. 
If not in your own life, just look in the scriptures at how good he is and how true he is and how faithful he is to what he promises to do every single time. Because as I close out with this, and I'm just going to read it to you, I want you to hear what Mary says. He, him, he, he has done great things for me. Listen to the he, because what we hear in this text, if we hear nothing else, is that blessed and he has done great things. And Mary is not taking credit for any of this. She is just humbled by the experience and the opportunity. And she's blown away that God would even use her. And then he, she just points to his glory and his faithfulness to his promises. So back to the main point. Because Mary believed the word of God, she experienced the power of God. Because Mary believed the word of God, And when I say the word believe, guys, I'm not talking, it's not about what we know, it's who we know, right? When I talk about believe, I'm talking about something that, that, that's, it's a verb. Faith without action is dead. So don't think that that's believe, right? Even the demons believe and shudder. Like, because Mary believed and walked in the word of God, she experienced the power of God. Listen to how this closes out. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord's, exalts, extols, worships. My soul worship or magnifies the Lord. And and then she doesn't stop there. She says to, to include her whole being and my spirit, her spirit rejoices in God, my savior. First thing Mary celebrates is her own salvation. This is the why of her, 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 her praise. This is what she says for he Don't miss these things. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Let me me finish with just a couple of thoughts. Listen, if you want to remain in a humble posture, never forget that you are the Lord's servant. Jesus says, if you want to be great, become a slave to all. Right? The the thing that that stands out here is the Lord's... James was was Jesus' half-brother. That was a claim to fame, man. But you know what he, he says at the opening of his letter? He says, he didn't say the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to remain humble, remain a servant, right? Because that's, that's exactly what she says here. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And it's not just a servant. It's his servant, right? Praise the Lord. It's his, it's, it's his bond servant. It's his submitted and yielded vessel, for before, before behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed because he chose her. For he is the mighty one, is mighty and has done great things for me. The truth is for us. And, and here's another point. Because Mary believed God and yielded to his word and his will, he performed a miracle in her life and used her to bring the Savior to the world and he will do the same with us. Do you see that? Mary is a picture of us. Like we believe the word, he indwells us with power, and then he, mission, he sends us out to deliver the Son of God to the world. He will do the same with us. I think it's important we see that. The, the text goes on to say, and holy is his name, and his mercies is for those who fear him, reverence and awe, for generations and generations. He has shown strength or power with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts or purposes and desires of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. 
verse 53. He has filled. He, only God can fill us. He has filled and satisfied the hungry with good things. And he and the rich, he has sent away empty. That literally means without a gift. Because you know how God's grace comes? It comes to, it says, God, God um, he gives grace to the humble. I mean, the rich young ruler walked away. The gift was offered to him. He says here, that, and the rich, he, he has sent away empty-handed or without a gift. He, O oh God, O oh glorious God, has helped his servant Israel in remembering his mercies, his promises. He spoke uh, the promises to Abraham, to, to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring. And then it says, and Mary remained with her for about three months and returned home. And we can imagine that she was imparted with encouragement. She was instilled with, with courage to face all the adversity that she would face when she gets home. But I'm going to finish with this thought. Mary identified in her, her song three groups of people, and it was the helpless in 51, the humble in 52, and the hungry in 53. And if we're honest, that's us. And if we're, if we're honest about the fact that we're helpless without him. We're hungry for him. And we are humble, humble in our, in our poor in spirit posture for a desperate work for God to bring us fully back to life. And he's doing that through the birth and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's powerful. It's, it never has a limit to it like you are. It, it's, we can never plummet its depths or the understanding or the application because it's living and active to our lives. Help us to be students of the word. Help us to be disciples that follow and live your word, believe your word and act in it. Father, that your power might rest on us, that your power might activate our lives in ways that just witness to you that we might give birth uh, or help to give birth to Jesus to others as we witness your love and grace as we're empowered by your spirit to do these things. Father, would you just open our minds and hearts to the glorious things that you want to do through us and that we would ever forget that we are your humble servants and we desire to be your servants, Lord, so that you might use us. Let us never forget it's not by power or by might, but by your spirit and help us to be faithful in these things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.